All right, everybody, welcome, welcome here to show 152. Uh, Matthew Majenskis here from the Baltics, Latvia, World Hockey, bronze medalist. Very excited uh, this Monday here and uh, happy to have from Eastern U.S. We have Alec Harris from Halo Privacy. What's going on? What's up, guys? Good to see you. Good to see you. We also have from France, our friend Michelle from Noddle. What's going on, buddy? Hey guys, what's up? And uh, very happy to introduce our special guest today, Obi Nosso. He is from Fetty and uh, working very hard to bring uh, the good Fetty Mint protocol to the people. Uh, I had the good fortune of meeting him in Bedford uh, last month, and we figured it definitely would be good to get him on uh, the show and talk Fetty and Fetty Mint. So, Obi, thanks a lot for joining and uh, welcome. Thank you very much from um, Benfica winning Lisbon. Ah, yes, should have said that. So it's great. Got a good European uh, American contingency here. Representation from the Global South as well. Uh, yeah, just quickly with you, Obi, uh, your story. You started CoinFloor long ago, if I recall. Um, how did you first get into that uh, that business? So, I mean, I first got into Bitcoin in 2011. Um, friends told me about it because I was always complaining how the world was unfair and that meant the world lost out because we didn't have the best people in the best roles. And so we're losing out on Einstein's and Tesla's wherever they may be. Um, and I'm also a geek. I've been in, I studied computer science and cognitive science popular now because of AI. And, uh, I was a CTO of a number of very successful European multi country startups through late 1990s to to the early um to the late noughties um so when they saw bitcoin um, they pointed me in this direction two or three people within a period of a few months and i saw it and it's this world's first meritocratic money i thought it was really interesting i was still running my previous startup uh, i bought a bit and focused on my startup when that closed um, and, and finished off in 2013 uh, my soon-to-be co-founder asked me to sort of form a Bitcoin exchange. And I looked, Bitcoin was still growing. The, the small amount I'd put in had been worth a significant amount more and uh, decided to set up CoinFloor, but um, to do things that now seem common sense, but then were pretty groundbreaking, you know, be a well-run exchange as if we're going to be custodying other people's money, do it in a transparent, honest way. Um, not try to trade against your own customers, you know, simple things like that. And that went on for eight years. And I sold it at the end of 2021. Um, and yeah, at one point we were 70% share in the UK. We, um, the currency pair for Bitcoin to GBP was listed on the New York Stock Exchange. We did the whole hitting the gavel and all that sort of good stuff. Uh, we gave advice to various people from this, you know, uh, from MI5 to the police to Bank of England and so on. And we also had a subsidiary, which was one of the first regulated exchanges in mainland Europe as well. So lots of stuff. Physically delivered futures as well. First in the world to do that. Unbroken record of um, provable solvency audits um, for eight years. So a few little um, caps to our name. Yeah, kudos, man. Congrats to you for all of that. Uh, you're Nigerian by heritage, is that right? I would say Anglo-Nigerian. 
I was con- I've, I okay. was conceived in Nigeria, born in in the UK. So I always I always like to imagine my mother made it to Heathrow Airport, and I I combat rode down the stairs into into England because it was very soon <laughs> after she arrived. And I go, okay, I'm here. Well, the only reason I ask, I mean, specifically about that and your Bitcoin story is I remember back in those days as well, like the concept of remittance uh, and Bitcoin disrupting remittance was a big, always a big idea. You still have relatives in Nigeria. Was that uh, for your inner circle? Was that part of it? Um, I mean, even from um, before um, setting up CoinFloor in 2011, I'm 2013, uh, I, I could see that there was a huge potential for Bitcoin in the global south, um, especially at that time I was focused on Africa and, and most sort of close to home was Nigeria. So the first, I used to make copious notes when I was a CEO um, at CoinFloor. And my first page of, um, and my first notepad has this picture of Bitcoin, um, Nigerian Naira, and this sort of circular, how can I get Bitcoin to Nigerian Naira, Nigerian Naira to Bitcoin? It seemed like a, a massive opportunity. Um, but I didn't have the ability to crack that at the time, partly because we were a UK-focused exchange based in the city of London. Our investors were people from traditional finance, and most of our revenue was from um, asset managers and high net worths and professional traders in in UK and Europe. So it was very hard to to convince people that the second market should be like, you know, West Africa or Latin. Mm-hmm. The second market was going to be Europe, maybe the US, but not. But at that time, um, for most people in the West, it wasn't clear that it was going to be worth the while to, to be in the globe stuff. I think that's now resolutely changing. Everybody's going into the direction of realizing this is where there's a huge opportunity. Yeah, which is amazing. Uh, and definitely, I think we'll focus some time on that. But back to, to CoinFloor and the idea of just... Uh, yeah you know, the exchange versus when I was, and I'm sure many, uh, you know, everybody has to go through this process. When you're first buying Bitcoin, mm. uh, the way I was taught, it was like, okay, buy the Bitcoin, but you got to pull it off the exchange immediately. Mm. Uh, I did it. Many people did that, but a lot of people didn't do that. What did you see with your customers? And was this a battle for you? I know that you are a fan of self-custody. You know, we can talk about how that relates to Fediment, but just strictly with the exchange story, you know, what, what was your experience? Yeah, no, with the exchange, it was very interesting. So um, I always say there was different phases of Bitcoin. It's the Gandhi, ignore, um, laughed at, um, then fought, and then it wins. And for me, um, I came in at 2011. And from that point to 2013, around when we were starting, and just in the wake of Mt. Gox, it was basically ignored. But Mt. Gox brought it to people's attention and it was just ridiculed as how ridiculous could this thing be? But what happened was um, it made people, and I always find the best educator for Bitcoin is nothing to do with Bitcoin. It's, it's, it's bad actors or it's overly, overly onerous um, regulation or, or global offense. They mass educate on a level that we can't compete with. Um, And that happened with Mt. Gox. After that, everybody didn't need to be explained why you should take your money off exchanges. Um, when you had your, well, most users at that time after Mt. Gox would buy Bitcoin and instantly try to remove it. So it was just the norm. Um, now as a reaction to that, um, exchanges like ourselves, um, 
And although I'm proud of it, I also see it has a, had, a, had a weird, um, unexpected consequence. We tried to be much more trustworthy, much more transparent, much more organized and structured, which was a good thing. But the downside was that people then started to, to their natural distrust and a natural inclination to withdraw subsided over the following years until it sort of did a 180 and people felt much more comfortable to the state we were, were at least a few, uh, at least a, a year ago, where people felt much more comfortable holding their money on exchanges than self-custody. So we saw this weird transition. Um, and so it became increasingly, at the beginning, we didn't really need to think about it. People would just withdraw immediately. But later on, we had to put more and more effort into trying to get people to self-custody. Now, many exchanges didn't do that because it sort of, um, it goes against your incentives. Wherever you custody is often where you trade. Um, so you can play lip service to self-custody, but um, you really want them to custody on the exchange. But in our case, um, again, you also want to list as many coins as possible. We bucked the trend and stayed Bitcoin only, which still allowed, allowed us to be profitable. We could have made 100x more money if we didn't. Um, and we also bucked the trend to really try to self-custody, um, get people to self-custody. And what we found was after several years when people now have had, had did this 180, um, they came to the view, especially as they became more and more um, mainstream as well, that they trusted exchanges more than they trusted themselves. And that became the sort of prevailing view. Um, and people, again, if they, especially if they came from certain generations where they'd grown up to be taught to trust um, um, institutions over yourself, um, um, and they would, they would resonate with that viewpoint. So um, that was where we were at. Um, and that was when that became increasingly apparent that's why, again, I became increasingly concerned with the end state. Because again, I always like to think, forget where we are today and 10% ahead of where we are today. What does the world look like when everybody, if we won, if we've won everybody is using it. And, and the end conclusion at sort of like um, in um, mid-2020s was we're going to have a world, if you extrapolate wherever it happens, 10 years, 50 years, 5 years, where you're going to have one, two, three, four, five percent of people self-custodying and everybody else will be custodying on half a dozen exchanges. Because that's the other thing with exchanges. Liquidity begets liquidity. They always centralize. And it was Mt. Gox. It was, it was Poloniex. There's different ranges at Bitfinex for a time. But you always have one that has an outsized percentage of the volume. And so you're going to have... Forget about a country of half a billion people in it um, using a CBDC. You're going to have exchanges, three or four or five, each one with a billion plus customers. And they'll have full insight with no, with no oversight, which would be even worse than a, a nation state in terms of the level of visibility they would have if we allowed it to happen. So that, that was where we were by, by sort of the 20s, 1920, that was my view. You mentioned, you know, having conversations with MI5 and police, and I'm sure you had to speak with regulators over the years. So is it is it your view that additional laws and regulations are needed for clarity or is there, an, and just you know, speak to your experience, right? But is, is there enough already and we just need to operate within the existing rubric? I think that there is enough clarity already, but my general view is that um, um, 
And the, the clarity that's most important is the clarity around self-custody or non-exchange custody. Um, and um, more clarity will be beneficial, but the main thrust of that regulation is if you're, if you're, especially if you're fully custodying yourself, then you have, in most reasonable jurisdictions, you have the right to determine who you interact with. Um, you don't have to perform KYC on your counterparties and so on and so forth. Uh, and that's that's the regulation that I'm most concerned about. Now, if you are custodying on behalf of others, there are lots of areas of grey. Um, um, that area is can be made clearer in certain circumstances, but some of it is is necessarily hard. Um, if, uh, you have forms of custody that that haven't been possible before Bitcoin, so multiple people can have simultaneous ownership of the same asset at the same time. That wasn't possible before the existence of Bitcoin. So um, that's where you you have some challenges and different jurisdictions um, treat it differently. Some will take the view, okay, well, if you don't have the ability to transact um, independently, then you're, you're exempt. And others will say the same scenario, you aren't. And so that's, that's where there is complexity. So how do you go from running a regulated exchange to Fedimint. Can you maybe start by explaining really quick what Fedimint is for our audience and then what, what led you to, to that project? Okay, well, first, Fedimint uh, is a protocol. So I'm not running Fedimint. Um, it's like the Lightning protocol or the Bitcoin protocol. Uh, Fedi is a company um, which is a private um, organization that exists to accelerate adoption of Bitcoin Lightning and Fedimint. Because we see when you take those three things combined, they allow you to scale the um, Bitcoin ecosystem to billions of users. Um, it, it, the analogy would be, Fedimints would be cities, uh, Lightning will be the motorways that connect the cities, and Bitcoin is the sort of foundation, the earth that they both sit upon. Um, and that, as an analogy, scales to billions of users. Uh, one monolithic layer two, um, as a, a, which is an approach that's commonly used that expected everybody to use would be the equivalent of one city where everybody in the world lives, for example. Um, and um, everybody using the Lightning Network and no cities would be the equivalent of everybody having their own private road connected to everybody else. Again, that doesn't scale. It's like the world would be all road. Um, and we see this model through the way our bodies works, through the way nature works, through the way cities work, through the way the internet works. We have IPv4. It cannot. We cannot have every person, every mobile and phone having its own personal static IP address. The IPv4 doesn't support that. But we still have billions of users because we have something called network address translation, where a few IP addresses are shared amongst an organization, a hosting provider, and so on. That that allows IPv4 to scale to the world. We do the same. Federations think of them as cities, or companies, or organizations, or communities, and at scale, Lightning works really well as this interconnection process, but not for every... Again, you can have your own private road, and it's very expensive and costly to have your own private road and mansion. You can have, at scale, your own um, Lightning connection. So that was the, um, the understanding that led to um, the realization that Fedimint can help scale Bitcoin um, and the ecosystem to this global level of global adoption. The, the background to Fedi um, and Fedi Mint, the protocol, was actually 
um, a way of re reducing the trust in this incredible um, um, protocol called Chamian eCash, which is this um, private, private um, digital money protocol that was invented in 1983. This year it will be um, 40 years old. So it's very mature, very simple, very intuitive, but it required trust in one single institution, one bank, one, and also one money. Uh, and money at that time before Bitcoin could not be owned by multiple people. So if you couldn't own the money by multiple people, you might as well have one institution anyway. With the invention of Bitcoin and the idea of multi-sig, multiple people could take um, custody of or responsibility over the same money at the same point, even without, without having to be um, located physically in the same place. And that offered the opportunity then to federate, split up the bank as well. So if the money could be federated and the bank could be federated, which were the, the key prerequisites for Chamian eCash, you could federate the Chamian eCash Mint. And that's where Feddy Mint came from. But what we realized is that it, it's um, Chamian eCash and a federated Chamian eCash was the first app. This is actually a protocol for taking any process that you may not want one person to have single control over and federating it. So you federate access to Bitcoin, that's Bitcoin multi-sig. Federate access to um, the Lightning Network so that there's no one person who's controlling um, processing transactions of the Lightning Network. And of course, um, Chamian eCash. But we're now seeing people looking at federating any number of other processes. So we saw, we did a hackathon where someone added support for federated Bitcoin-backed stablecoins and assets, federated community savings, federated password backup. Do I give my, all my passwords to LastPass so they can lose it? Or do I have my communities in with no single point of trust with people I know handle my passwords? So any, anything that you think maybe it benefits from no single point of trust, I can run it in a federated manner which is why we see Fedimint as almost like this federated operating system. It can run any application that you think should not have any single point of trust. And, but and you also have these primitives of eCash, Lightning and Bitcoin, always there and easily accessible by any, any of the applications you run on top of it. Um, how did I transition to that from, um, from uh, running CoinFloor? Uh, as I said, I, in 2020, I wrote a tweet, um, which I said, 2018 to 20. And to, um, to 2023, Bitcoin was ignored. Um, um, sorry, 2000, so 2008 to 2013, Bitcoin was ignored. 2013 to 2018, Bitcoin was ridiculed. Because I remember the first eight year, five years of running CoinFloor, we were literally laughed out of rooms um, in, in the city of London for this sort of joke, especially after Mt. Gox. It was basically ridiculed. Um, and after the price peaked to around 2000 and it plummeted, most people, um, experts in the space, in, the, in traditional finance thought it was, that's it, it's gone, it's not, it's not coming back. But what people, and what people realize is that if Bitcoin doesn't die, that's how it wins. It just wins by not dying. And so it, it went down in value, it didn't die. And that's when people realize, okay, this thing doesn't die and it keeps growing. Now we have to take it seriously. And that, from I think around 2018, when I catalogued it onwards, was when the attack started. Now, Bitcoin is an idea, and you can only attack and you can't attack an idea with missiles and guns. You attack it with misinformation and extremely onerous regulation, and that's what you started seeing in in different quarters. And that's when I realized that it was sort of the attack began there. It didn't look like an attack for people who weren't looking, but that's when it began.
and my and based on some of the um, um, stated timelines for for delivery of certain things, CBDCs and so on, they all seem to be coincident with about 2023. So that's when I, I put a pin tweet in 2020 was saying that that the that Bitcoin will win in 2023. Why? Because the the crescendo of the attack would be 2023. And so if we work together as an organ as a as a community, this would be the year. This would be the sort of Avengers endgame point where it it will be attacked most. It will potentially see significant volatility in its price, potentially downwards. But again, just like um, around 2018, when we saw this thing for the fall and it didn't die, as long as it doesn't die, that's it. It's won because it, it will. The, if the hardest attack has, has been attempted and it passes, then there's no more attacks that can come. And that's what you're going to see this year, um, uh, including very honest regulation from some of the biggest jurisdictions in the world, inc incredible levels of misinformation. And we will make it through that. Or we won't. You can't just sit back and it happens. But uh, um, and but I, I I have to believe that we will win that, and so but this will be the year where the attack happens, and we have the pieces, we have the base infrastructure, Bitcoin. Um, we are seeing with alternative currencies, um, people are seeing the cracks starting to form, and they're going to become more and more obvious in the models of where there's perverse incentives. I can go into what those perverse incentives are. Um, but that's that's going to become that's becoming clearer and clearer this year. We're also seeing that Lightning Network um, can work at scale if it's this interchange network, but it needs something else if you want to scale to billions of users. A, a layer three, a bit on that, and now we have that layer three, and we have alternatives that people are working on as well. But we think Fediment is a very viable layer three for much of the world and so we now have the missing pieces we have the funding we have the the recognition we have the attention on the bitcoin community if you look at what's happening in crypto everything of interest whether it's even debates and arguments and so on it's all between bitcoin and bitcoin so it doesn't matter which side you choose you're still choosing bitcoin nothing really interesting is happening anywhere else um so that's because attention is moving whether it seems painful it seems frustrating but what you need to do is step back and where is the attention? Nothing interesting is happening anywhere else other than Bitcoin. Whether you whether you agree once or the other, that's everybody should agree on that point. Good you mentioned alternatives. I wanted to ask you because I think Kale mentions eCash a lot when he speaks about Cashew. Uh, how does Fedimint for the money aspect at least compare to Cashew? Is it something which could be interoperable or if it's is it a completely unrelated and independent thing? Yeah, I, I think the, the, I mean, Kali's um, really good, cool guy and he's working on Cashew, but I think 30 minutes is something very different. I mean, it's, eCash is one app. It, it's like, it's like saying that Microsoft Windows is, is um, Word or Excel or, or saying that um, um, I, you know, the iPhone is the, is the, is the phone app. It's, it's much more than that. That's how we started. It was Fediment was built as a solution to federate a Chaomian Mint, but we realized that the ability to federate any application and have this um, first-class access to Bitcoin, Lightning, and eCash as these primitives that are available to you is very powerful. It's a bit like you have an operating system and you know out for, without 
having to worry that your operating system can run any application so it's extensible, but it comes built in with support for file manager, i.e. storing storing information. The internet nowadays is now a standard part of any application and the ability to execute other applications. So based on that, I can have app stores and so on, and I can and each each computer, although they can all run the same software, they don't. They pick and choose and they run the application that makes sense to them. So in theory, we're fairly, and we just did an announcement of uh, at uh, Bitcoin Miami, and um, one of my co-founders, um, Justin Moon, showed the extensibility. We call them FediMint modules. They're the equivalent of of web apps on the millions of sites on the internet, or mobile apps on your mobile or, or desktop applications on on your desktop computer. We call them FediMint modules. Um, and some one example was Zcash. You could replace eCash with Zcash which is pretty private. It's very private, but if you're like a cryptographically Puritan, it's not as private as eCash, but it has a benefit of um, allowing you to, as long as you trust zero knowledge proof um, cryptography to verify no, um, no um, issuance above the amount of assets that you're supposed to have. So you can, so you can externally verify lack of, of, um, of um, debasement, effectively, so so you can have that trade off, or you could re- you could, if you wanted to, replace Zcash or eCash with user accounts, and then you have no privacy at all, but you have full transparency. Which, for example, if your community is a company, you might think, well, the guardians for that community, because federations have guardians, trusted members of the community who actually run it, could be the finance department and the and the C suite. In that case, they don't they don't necessarily um, want the they want full auditability in that case for for the guardians. So you could you could replace that and put that in if if that's what you wanted. Um, if you wanted a different mechanism for transfers of value other than Lightning, you could add support for Liquid and or you could support both. You know, it's 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 a uh, it could run both of those FediMint modules and then you could have modules that do things I said a federated parcel manager, a federated file system. A federated NOSTA server, so you're running NOSTA, but if it goes down, um, it doesn't. And anyone in that community that's using the federation has this sort of amortized cost shared across the communication, and it's also more reliable because if one machine that goes down, you don't find all the users in that federation lose access to the service that NOSTA provides. So, um, and these are just some examples. We there were, as I say, federated um, stability pools that allow you to have Bitcoin-backed capital assets. So I can represent USD, gold, S&P 500, Tesla stocks, but actually behind the scenes, Bitcoin. That's that's a pretty useful thing to do and to do it in a way where there's no single point of trust. Um, once you've realized that it can run any application, but in without any single point of trust, then, then you're comparing an operating system to one application on one instance of one application. So that's why I'm saying that comparison. But in the eCash application, which is one of already there's a, a half a dozen, and we hope there will be thousands of these. Uh, the way they're implemented, they're, they're logically equivalent. Can you talk a little about the mechanics? Like, how does a community form? And can you kind of just walk us through like what what's the process? Like, how do you start? So um, community is an input, not an output to us. So we always say that. 
we um, combine the most the, the most fundamental human technology community with private with um with powerful with empowering technologies we say with freedom technologies like bitcoin like lightning like fediment and all the applications and modules and services that are built on top of it and connected to it and we combine those together and so and it, the, the combination of the two is what levels up humanity um the way you should think about it is that right now we are we have in, in represented in the bitcoin space the concept that sometimes it makes sense that the institution of 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 capitalist organizations company competition leads to great outcomes we see that mining in mining and many others and that, and that we know that works and we we can see from history that competition and and, and commerce can drive innovation and progress. We also understand that self-reliance and um, and um, learning to do things yourself and improve yourself and so on also is is a good um, um, use case and a good way of working. And we see that in the world as well. We know that there's, it's good to become um, skilled at something and knowledgeable at something and, and, and level yourself up. But there's also another third thing that is very common in society, but we don't really see that represented not, uh, not only until um, um, Fediment, which is the idea that humans can form communities and we can have a situation where as a community, um, we are able to achieve things that no individual can do, but collaborative where it's a win-win. It's not competition, it's cooperation. So we don't really have this... Um, um, system right now represented how do we leverage the power, the, the superpower of cooperation to, to also um, um, level ourselves selves up. And this is the fundamental, one of the fundamental attributes of society. Cooperation is also really useful and it's not the same as competition and it's not the same as self-reliance. All three have different use cases. And so Fedimint is basically taking the power of cooperation of community that already exists in communities around the world in whatever form, and then just providing them tools so we can supercharge what you already do. So uh, you sometimes see this on, uh, in other parts of the, 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 the crypto space, but what they tend to do there is they say, well, we believe we understand how governance should work and this is how it should work. And then you should follow that. We don't, we don't do that. You know, if you're a company, 50 different companies will manage themselves slightly differently. And we're not going to say, this is how you should run your company. If it works for you, it works for you. Um, 500 different communities around the world, whether they be small local communities or, or geographically distributed virtual online communities, will have different existing ways in which they make decisions and form. And they should already exist. But then they might want to work together to do certain things. If they want to, for example, save communally, Right now, they're probably just giving, doing some sort of very manual process where they're giving one person the money and so on. We can instead replace that with Fediment where they can share collaboratively. Or they have certain costs which they may be incurring individually, like, for example, the cost to support a lightning, lightning node. Those costs could be amortized across the community. Um, also, if they lose information or so on, it's good to have other people that they can collaborate with to help have each other's back. So, for example, uh, one of the Fedimint modules is social backup and recovery. If I lose my keys, other members of the community can automatically, we can shard and, and encrypt and share with other members of the community so that, so that I can automatically recover my keys in the event of loss. Again, um, 
that's something where collaboration works really powerfully to help that process, which right now is a challenge for a lot of people. What do I do in my backup? What you'll tend to find is whether you consciously aware of it or not, you will form your solution will almost always form have some sort of collaborative element. I might collaborate with my my wife, my son, or or a, or a lawyer, or a bank with a bank vault. But you're doing it as an ad hoc, expensive, inefficient way. If you realize that it's going to require collaboration, you might as well actually make it in a programmatic, efficient, and simple way. If you just realize that collaboration is a, a very, very powerful technology, and we should utilize that. It's a beautiful vision. So like, let's say the four of us, right? Like just to bring it down to yep. tangible, the four of us want to you know, propose a use case, right? Like, how do we do it? Like, how do we organize? What is the, are we deciding on governance? What do we contribute? And say like the example of the password manager, right? So it's great that that recovery exists, but what is the mechanism to ensure that the recovery goes to the right place? Like only I can recover my passwords. Yeah. So let's say um, social recovery of private keys for your eCash. Um, and in that, in that situation, you, I'm assuming we're saying we're guardians. So again, a federation, a Fedimint federation is this community custody platform run by trusted members of the community, guardians, we'll be the four guardians in this case. And it has, it has baked in Bitcoin, Lightning, privacy, extensibility, and um, scalability. And it's run on behalf of the rest of the community. And let's say it's all the viewers of your show, and that, that could be, you know, 50 million people, for example, but they won't be other. Let's just say there's, there's a thousand of them have joined. So yeah, I, for example, I have I have the app open here. Uh, for example, this is Fedi. This is like a viewer, Fedi Alpha. It's, it's like a viewer for a Fedi Mint Federation. And just like um, Slack or others, you can you can connect to what this is the federation that I'm connected to. But you notice I can add more federations, and I can just I don't know without seeing what I'm doing. Am I doing a good job? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I can scan another federation QR code and join, and I can join multiple federations. So I can pick and choose which federations I'm a member of. I know the people who are the guardians, but the guardians don't necessarily know who I am. And I can decide on federation one, I store a certain amount of money and certain data and certain aspects of my digital lives. And the same for each other federation. So I, as the user, can do that. And the person running the federation has no idea what other federations I'm a, I'm a member of. So I segment my life in the way I want to do it. Um, with each federation, I can allocate a certain amount of um, eCash, um, which is basically, think of it as Fedi BTC, but it's still BTC, just like Lightning BTC, and then main chain BTC. And then one of the options is settings where I can click and I can choose to back up some information. Now, when I back up, I will say back up my, my key and I can do the whole normal 12 word backup, which is a personal backup, or I can do social backup. And this entire process in social backup is a Fedimint module. It's an extension of functionality, just like a, an app on, on, on your mobile phone. So I click social backup here. It makes me a little bit, gives me a little bit of information. Ask for camera access. Um, and then it's asking me to, to make a, you can see this background, but I, I will make a recording now and it says, hold the record button and say Fedi. So I say Fedi. And then what happens is it asks me to confirm this video. Fedi. Now, what I've, now then, it, uh, then I say, 
back up. Now, what happens here is a ton of stuff. And it's a ton of stuff, which if you go to one of these guides on best practice of how to back up your private keys in the absolute best practice way, it's just done it all. Normally, if you're trying to do it yourself manually, you'd take a while to do this, like several days and a lot of money. So what has happened here? Um, first of all, it, 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 you first thing you have to do is locate who is going to hold your backup for you. Well, you've got the guardians already. We're, we're running the servers. We're, you're, you know, having conversations, recording a podcast, but your machines are running, like your Bitcoin node is running. So it's, it's actually the machines that are the guardians. You're just guarding the machines. You don't, you don't have to interact with that process at all because um, they're running these, these Fedimint modules, and this is one of them. Um, so what's happened just there on my phone, I take um, my private keys, I encrypt them first. Then I split it up because there's four guardians into four ch cryptographic chunks. Yeah. So that it only requires any three of those to recompile. It's called Shamir's secret sharing scheme, but it, it splits it up. Then before it sends them to the guardians to store, uh, and they're waiting to store it automatically, the guardian servers or federation, federation servers, it needs a way for you to be able to identify the person but we don't want to provide any information to the guardians. So what we do is we take that video and we hash the video and we use the hash of that video to tag each one of those shards. And then we send the hashtagged encrypted sharded chunks to the users. Now that's the best practice. Most people <laughs> don't do any of that and they don't share it with multiple people. They share it with one person that all happened in a few seconds. So you're left with the video of yourself saying Feddy just that, and um, a, a, a private key to encrypt. Then we combine those two together. Again, this is all the Fedimint uh, module doing this. Combine it together into a file on your phone. And now that file on my phone, I should save. I just need to save that anywhere. I'm just going to save it to send it to myself on, on WhatsApp. And then I send it to myself on WhatsApp and I click, good, done. And then I... Um, it says, do you want to save it again? I can save it again and I can choose somewhere else. Save as many times as I want. As long as you don't save it, you can give it to a friend. As long as they're not one of the four guardians, anyone else, anyone else the other 8 billion people on the planet be fine. Um, because to recover, that doesn't actually contain my, it's not like an encryption of your actual private keys. It's an encryption of the key to find the private keys and recover it. So if, if to recover, someone will have to go back to the Federation and there's a similar process to recover where it you upload the file to a new machine phone. Um, it will then generate a QR code and say, get three of the four, three of the four of you guys to scan this QR code. And if you can get three of the four to scan the QR code from this phone, then you get, then they will send you back the shards. But in order to do that, I have to walk up to you especially if you're in an AI world, I would recommend walking up to them, but, or do it over a, a video call like this. But it's really hard to show some acute code of a video call and not show your face and not be really, really, really suspicious. You know, So, um, so you have to show your face and, and all the video at the point of scanning the QR code, at that point, again, automatically, the Fediment module will handle this, you will only then will your phone send just the video through with you saying Fetty. 
But what have you revealed there? You revealed your face and you and your voice saying the word Fedi, which is not identifiable in any way. And you're on a video call with the person. So you've only revealed what you've what you've already revealed by being on that video call. You haven't actually you're using the Fedi app. So it's implicit that you're using the Fedi app and your face is on the video call or you're in person. So you haven't actually revealed any additional information and only at the time you need to recover. Now, if someone else, one of your friends tried that, they would have to look and sound and have the mannerisms of you. And if they're part of your community, if you're using the power of your community, it's not a stranger and an underpaid, overworked guy in working for uh, working for a curly-haired guy in the Bahamas, you know, which we know doesn't end well, <laughs> you know, but it's actually someone who's part of your community, even if they're part of the extended community, they've probably seen you around and you need to get three or four of them to recognize you, not just a low quality passport porter, but your face and your voice, still not knowing your name or address or where you're about, just your face and your voice. I would go with that one any day over one person and a grainy passport photo who doesn't know me and doesn't care about me. So that's, but that whole thing, that whole interaction is one Fediment module. So that's why comparing, you know, and this is why it's, it's it, the idea started with this um, and it was invented by one of my co-founders, Eric, and, um, and it was a solution to how to federate the Chaomian Mint. Um, uh, but the solution to do that is way more powerful than that. Of course, we, as standard, we always think you should have best in class privacy, that's eCash, but you can swap it out for less than it. But we start with the best. You know, my father used to say, vel primus, vel cum primus either the best or among the best. So we start with the best, but you can then swap it out for Zcash, which is sort of 90% there. Or you can just go for user accounts if you hunt. Um, and Bitcoin, I really don't think there's any point to have any second best when it comes to, uh, there is no second best on that, but you know you can. But if you're worried about scalability and so on, Bitcoin, Fedimint and Lightning give you all the scalability you need. So Bitcoin and then Lightning Network, which is highly reliable. It's, a, it's this... Um, um, interchange networking um, protocol for value, which is older than most other cryptocurrencies. And it's shown to be incredibly reliable and, and well-supported and ever better supported. So we can add more. And if something else comes out that's better, we can just add support for it. But um, but in a way where where there's no single point of trust. So there's like, there's no net benefit, net loss for us to add support for any new protocol that comes about. And that's what people need to understand. It's not one thing. This is a platform for the base of this sort of in combination with Bitcoin as a foundation and Lightning for interconnecting or any other alternative interconnection platform that can support billions of users in billions of use cases. That was super helpful. Yeah, thanks, man. The only other thing I would say on that was when you positioned it, how could we present that? That could imply another use case, which is I'm a developer or an engineer and I've got this incredible idea. Um, and I want to be able to roll it out to these communities. How do I do that? Because, and in that case, you just develop it, build it. Um, you can you can host something simply with um, as a, a lightning enabled website, a WebLN enabled website, and it can integrate seamlessly within. So, for example, as again, one of the modules that we have access to is. Um, a lightning module and that allows us to access the whole of the lightning network so for example this is running on a test net but we can allow you to get sats but this web browser is running within the app 
Why is that powerful? Because I can, for example, send myself sats and it recognizes instead of generating a QR code, which I then have to copy and paste and scan into a separate app because the, the app that supports the wallet is also the app that supports the browser. I can recognize that and then just replace that and just say, Hey, do you, this person wants to send you 10,000 sats and I can just click accept and, um, you can see here, it's just basically, in this case, it's Signet coins. It, it mines the coins in, in live, but it just there. I've just, it's just sent me 10,000 sats and I didn't need to. And then I close this browser because I'm, I'm still in the browser and I look and my balance has gone up by 10,000 sats. And you can, you know, with the main chain versus that we're playing around internally, I can go to a site like Stacker News, click a button to log in over Lightning. And it says, um, Stacker News would like you to log in. Do you want to log in? You click yes. And it just sends a, you know, as effectively a zero value Lightning transaction. And I have one click login without revealing my ID. And then I can deposit money to, to upvote a story. And, and if I've sent too much money, I can click to refund and receive it, never having to scan a QR code. Um, again, because that's a different module. The, the Lightning module allows that to seamlessly happen plus the um, um, eCash module. And so I can create all of these sites and enable them and, and make the experience as, as seamless as an, as an app experience. Later on, I think I don't want my hosting costs. So I can package my whole site up and make it deployable on federations. So the federations run the sites and, and federations can choose to run it for their own communities. And if they run the sites on their own communities, they can allow it to have access to more instead of just um, high level and lightning payments in and out. If if I've got additional Fedimin modules, for example, community savings and so on, I can create an app which runs on a federation which accesses those additional lower level features. So you, you can now build without having the hosting costs as a, as a developer. I can build apps just like I can build on top of light on Windows or 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 a Mac or an iPhone. I can build on top of federations without having to host, but still receiving a stream of revenue whenever they use my app. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, so many different directions we can go I, uh, in the interest of time. Just want to ask, um, one thing I'm hearing now, which I didn't quite make the connection before, is uh, all the additional modules and yep. federated apps that you can do besides the eCash. But Still, that was my impression that that was kind of the core of Fediment was it was to scale to scale payments and to scale finance, to scale banking in a community federated manner, which is great. It's like fiduciary media and free banking, which I'm a huge fan of, mm. uh, but it's 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 in a free way. And with eCash, that's completely federated and, you know, can be anonymous, much more anonymous than Bitcoin itself. So I, I know this is hard to predict, but I guess my question is. Do you see Fediment as a basis for like a huge, a huge global ecosystem of federated apps or versus just that sort of core banking function? I think it's one and the same because if, if we look, uh, you have this highly centralized internet right now where there's one or two very large companies getting larger all the time. And I think we have to be mm -hmm. concerned about big tech more than big company, big, because they have in incredible amounts of power with, I mean, even the most minimal level of oversight, they have none. So that's in my way, more worrying. 
Um, but to replace that, we as a you know community are trying to form this sort of decentralized alternative where you have things like Nostr, um, IPFS for data storage, Bitcoin, of course, Lightning, etc. But for that to work and be a viable alternative, even you know in future, I can imagine decentralized, federated AI and so on and so forth. These apps will need a new, a new funding model because the funding model of the centralized world has been advertising. You know, you're the product and then they effectively sell it to advertising and it's all free apparently, but you're paying in a different way. So what is the alternative? It has to be for it to work because um, advertising only works at scale is it has to be, you have to pay for the usage. So if I want to use, um, make a query to um, AI, you're noticing they're charging for it because it sort of obviates the need for advertising because I can give you the answer to your question. So adverts stop making sense. So you're seeing advert um, revenue based on usage. You're seeing that on Nostr, you can get a free level of usage, but if you actually want a good quality of service, you have to start paying for Nostr relays, which is great because you're seeing the first signs of people understanding that if I want more control and uh, of my my money and my data and, the, and my digital lives, I'm going to have to just pay for as I go for the usage. Well, that means the the increase of the, the decentralized world equals an increase of transactions and um, and of, of of lightning transactions of of interchange etc. But we want to make that scalable. You need to be able to send transactions at near zero cost. And at scale, again, you're going to see a lot of that being e-cash transactions happening internal to federations. And now and again, you're going to have these balances going between federations over the motorway. But just like in most cities, most economic activities within cities, and then there's this transfer between cities. So they are one and the same. If we have a future which is more decentralized, then we must have a requisite increase in Bitcoin transactions, Lightning transactions, and in, in, inter-federation transactions, which are e-cash transactions. And also the power, but once you do that, you realize that um, um, the power of that um, allows you to no longer have to know who you're transacting with. So you should, by default, offer people the highest level of privacy that um, they, they can expect without reducing functionality. And there's no functionality loss when you're just charging for the service, because then I can say, well, I'm delivering a service. It's near zero cost, especially within intra-federation. So I can just do pay as you use. I can stream money. Um, and therefore, I don't need the various information that you would normally need in a world where it's based on advertising, et cetera, where the, the advertiser wants to be able to con- locate and contact the person afterwards that they've spent money with the service provider on. So speaking of monetization, you first congrats for your recent raise. Thank uh, you. But what I'm, I'm curious to understand, like, how do you monetize the Feddy company itself? Uh, Feddy company, it's quite simple. Um, Feddy, the actual app or the, the actual service, the software, um, Feddy Alpha, um, has a is is a pay as you use service. So it's it's as if we facilitate a transaction using the Fedi Alpha, it charges a very, very small few basis points fee. Not in not in Alpha, but when we go to full production, we will. Um, and that covers the overheads of the company and allows us to reinvest, reinvest in the open source ecosystem, reinvest in 
building not just on Fediment, but also on Lightning and on Bitcoin because um, we're an aligned and it's an aligned um, revenue model because it doesn't really matter to us how people are using it as long as we um, we will we will continue to earn no matter what. So we then can support anybody anywhere uh, that's delivering value to the communities they have. Um, and then a really big part of us as well is that we um, a, a part of a big part of the raise is that we go around and we are looking to hire um, hundreds. And in fact, we were targeting by by the end of 2026 over 500 um, FedEye masters, FedEye knights, and FedEye ambassadors. This is sort of this on the ground evangelism, education, and support service. Think of it like this decentralized um, um, genius bar for for the world and so normally an app is here's a piece of software and you figure out yourself but if you're getting again to eight billion users you you have to think about models that have got right down to the most the least edu the least sophisticated users and they've been comfortable with very high technology and and a, and a clear example of that is apple so but we're like we want to take that model but be the apple for everybody so that's that's our approach we it also means that most Developers tend to be developer heavy, business development light. As an organization, we're going to be business development heavy, development developer still heavy actually, but but business development heavy. So that um, um, as this platform, if you build on us, just like if you add yourself to the app store on on your iPhone, we effectively can help drive adoption of good products that actually solve problems for communities we can drive adoption into those communities and you gain a benefit. We become your business development arm, the outsourced business development arm for, for your company. But instead of charging 30%, it'll be, we, we don't actually charge anything because, because our fees or, or a tiny fraction of that, because our fees come from just more, more usage of our app equals more revenue for us. It's a great view. I mean, I remember we met at uh, human rights foundation, uh, last year, are you going there again this year? Yes, in June. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. I mean that you know, going back to we talked about uh, at the beginning, like with remittances and kind of a lot of the original views of uh, Bitcoin for everyone. Uh, something like this just truly seems uh, like it really could change the game and really help it scale. Do you guys have? You know, everybody likes to stay away from the word roadmap in this uh, mm. decentralized uh development space but do you have a vision of i mean i know you said how you want to sort of build it but do you have a vision of yeah we uh, do communities that you'd like to see yep. in the next five years Something so like we have three communities the uh, feddy as the company exists because of also freedom forum um and uh where we met some incredible human rights defenders activists ngos working in some of the toughest parts of the world, parts of the world which which are under the yoke of authoritarian regimes with dictatorships, which is more than half the planet. Um, and we realized that they do have a superpower in those communities, their ability to collaborate and cooperate with each other, and they have to to survive. Um, so Fedi fits perfectly into those. And we have been fortunate enough to build really strong relationships with members of, of or activists and, and human rights defenders, et cetera. So we are already trialing in, in many of those sort of zones and, and challenging areas. And, and again, this represents billions of people 
Um, and these the communities that they support and serve are numbered in the hundreds of thousands to millions. So we, we are working with those already. Um, and that was always our commitment. That was our first market. The next is the global south. Uh, again, so the first is people who have banking potentially, but can't trust the banking. If I send money from the wrong accounts to my account in Belarus, I get arrested or shot. So I have, there's banks that are great there, but I just can't use them because I can't because it's dangerous for me to use them. Um, then the second group is people who don't have what we would consider reasonable services or they're unbanked or underbanked. It's the global south. And um, again, the first inroads into that are Bitcoiners who really love Bitcoin and care about it, but they also love a certain community. Um, and there, there's a few million of those on our waiting list who want to, in terms of the number of people that they represent, few hundred, but the number of people they represent is a few million. Um, and you'll know some of the names like Bitcoin Lake, Bitcoin Akasi, and so on. Again, we're working with these. That's the second group. Um, so we're going to work with, those groups will take us a few years to work through, but we're starting already with them and we'll work with them through the background. The, near the end of this year, we've just released Fedi Alpha, which is the first version of Fedi that people can see and play with, but it's Signet Bitcoin. Well, there's a, there's a federation that we've also set up, which is Signet Bitcoin, not real Bitcoin, but it still operates like Bitcoin. And you can see the power of it, and we're focused at developers and builders to build Fedi modules, Fedi apps from around the world, ideally close to where the problems they are. So if it's in the West and they see problems in the West, whatever that may be, then they can build apps for that. If they're in the global self, they can build apps for that. They can build apps for anybody anywhere, but we think it's as long as you make it really easy for people to build functionality, which we will be doing, we'll be making more announcements over the coming couple of months to build, then people should be able to build anywhere in the world for the problems they see locally. And, and, yours, and we expect to see use cases come from that. By the end of this year, or before the end of this year, we want to roll out a full production version, ideally with a, a, a marketplace of, or not a marketplace, but a, a, a universe of Fedimint modules and so on that, that support various things. If it's integrating with SAP, because if for companies or, or Sage on one side and on another side, it's adding community banking or so on. We, we're, we're building that over the coming months. And then we will roll out once we have that requisite feedback and experience and this sort of um, list of apps. So we then we roll out to um, the full version of Fedi then. Um, in parallel, we're hiring our, uh, I'm giving you a lot of information here, but we're hiring our FedEye, right. uh, our FedEye order. Uh, we've already made, we've, we're making very good progress there. Um, and over the coming years, we, we, we're looking to hire, I said, hundreds of, of these, uh, predominantly in the global south or people living under the Ryokov authoritarian regimes and dictatorships. Because in the West, there's, there's already a, a, an abundance of really great podcasts and speakers. So, so we don't need to do effort to explain um, the concept or the existence of this. But areas where people are not thinking about Bitcoin, they're not thinking about lightning, they're thinking about, I need to survive or I need a way to help give money to this person. That's where we're hiring the people on the ground. Um, the end result, end aim is for us, we set a target by the end of 2026 to have 1 billion people using Fedi. That's, and, that's, nice. and that seems like a lot, but it's actually when you break it down by communities and based on our average community size from our initial numbers, um, the first few hundred communities who have signed up, you're talking about the mid-teen thousands is the average community size we're seeing. So you're, you're talking about 100,000 or so communities 
to get to that um, that sort of number. And a hundred thousand communities with five hundred or so uh, nights between them works out to be you know, a few a few communities uh, a few communities a year per night. And so when you roll out a community at a time, it's way more powerful than trying to roll out to eight billion individuals over time. Fascinating. Whose idea was the FedEye night, FedEye order? I can't, I can't say, but I, my name is Obi, but I'm not going <laughs> to say whose idea it was. It was all a happy accident. The name Feddy, um, um, we, were think, we, didn't, we raised our first round um, after coming back from Oslo. We started fundraising and we, we received all of the offers for the first raise, 4.2 million in six and a half days. And we didn't actually have the name of the company at the time, but we'd already got the commitments. Um, and um, so we had some other days like Fedimint Labs and, Fed, and, and then, then luckily one of the humorous defenders actually, um, um, uh, Leopoldo Lopez mentioned that Fedimint is difficult for people um, in Latin America to pronounce just the way the word works. And, and as you observed, and they, words tend to end in vowels and wanted to keep it simple. So why don't we just go for Fedi? And um, we checked and it seemed okay. There didn't seem to be these big conflicts and issues with it. And so we went. Um, but then after a while, that was considered, it, it, it just really stuck and it's a really, really nice, simple name. And then I, you, know, you notice that it has uh, similarities with other, another word. And so that's that sure. helped us inspire us for some some of the names of the of the the, the Fedi order, I would say. Wow, that's amazing. That will be really interesting stuff. Thanks a lot for uh, sharing this. Uh, listen, as we close it, where can our listeners and viewers uh, learn a little bit more? So to find out, best place to start is Fedi. Uh, Fedi uh, XYZ is the website. If, if if you're a builder, you can go there and find out how to start building on Fedi Mint. And we will have links to Fedimint and so on, or building Fedi mods. Or if you want to try and play around with it, you can see and understand the mission and vision and team. Uh, that's the best. For me personally, um, you can see it here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm showing my age, but I'm, o, I'm one of the three letters on Twitter, so OBI on Twitter. Or you can um, also get me on, uh, um, you can get me on Nostra as well. Fantastic. Listen, Obi, thanks a lot. Really, really interesting stuff. All the best to you guys. And uh, yeah, it was a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.